Welcome to episode 23 of Talking Trash. I'm James Langfield. I'm Clint Abraham. I'm Gherkin. And I'm Bohan. Hey, we got it right for once. Right. <laughs> there we go. And um, as we, as we are, it's a new thing. We've got a new intro song uh, to the start of our podcast now. And a big thanks to uh, Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes for allowing us to use their intro song, uh, their song Ric Flair, as our intro song. So a big thanks to the band. And you'll probably hear uh, a bit of it at the end of the show as well. So, again, big thanks to Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. And we'll put a link up to their website uh, in the description as well. Their self-titled album is available. I had it on this week. It's absolutely fucking amazing. Like if you've not gotten to it, it's completely like it's one of the best albums I've heard in a while. It's a weird, weird album. There's a lot of funk on it, and then a lot of weirder stuff. But it's great. Is it all wrestling themed, or is the Ric Flair the only song that is that? Ric Flair's the only one that's wrestling themed. The rest of them have got some very interesting, very like sort of strange themes to them, though. Like, there's a lot of clearly very personal stuff in that album. Okay, cool. So yeah, give them give them a listen, and like I said, thanks to them for letting us using um, the, the their song as an intro song. Uh, but uh, today. Uh, our show is a quick review. Well, I say quick. We'll last about an hour, but uh, it's a review on Fastlane. I don't think we're, gonna, we're not going to run for every single match because you know that just gets boring after the time. So it's kind of just key talking points. Um, basically, um, my first question would be: what, what did you think of it as a as an overall pay per view? As a lead up to WrestleMania, kind of the final pay per view before WrestleMania. What did you think uh, as the show as a as a as a whole? There was a a good pay-per-view desperately trying to break free somewhere under there. I There were some good matches in there, but there was just so much guff as well. And it seemed like, did any match actually finish without some shenanigans in match or post-match? All the Elias crap, like I'm I'm not, like the crowd seemed to love him, I'm just not on board, I don't know if it's because it's on the telly or what, but I'm sick of him coming out after every match. There were some good matches, definitely, but I just don't, it, it's taken a dip. The last few pay-per-views have kind of put me on a bit of a high, I was getting a bit excited again, thinking, oh, they're getting, they're getting kind of good. This kind of let me down a bit. Yeah, I, I think um, my, my to be honest with you, um, my biggest problem with Fastlane as a pay per view is it, it you know it comes just before WrestleMania, which effectively means with so many rivalries already set out for Mania, you know realistically which titles could change hands, uh, which which just took a lot of the jeopardy out of it. So you know you know I think am I right in saying the US Championship is the only title change? Is that right? Um, no, I think, let me have a look, I think Joe, uh, yeah, Joe, no, Joe retained, no one actually lost their, any titles. He had it going in. Oh, man. Well, in that case, Jesus Christ. <laughs> cool, yeah, he won the SmackDown, didn't he? 
A better question for this show is who let Vince Russo back in the fucking writing room? Like, what, what door got left open when that cunt snuck in? Did someone leave food out? Do you want a Vince Russo? That's how you get a Vince Russo, apparently. I mean, like, almost everything on this reeked the WCW. There were so many run-ins. There were so many things going on. But bizarrely, and this is probably the weirdest thing of all for me, the best matches on this card were multi-man matches, which is traditionally something they don't do very well. There was a great show in there trying to get out somewhere. And the things that should have been easy were made so hard, and the things that should have been hard somehow all went off without a hitch. It was bizarre. No, I agree. It was like I say, it was kind of weird. There were so many different run-ins and different screwy finishes, and it's just like like I say, um, it was a it was a pay per view that wanted to be better than it was. It was it it should have been it should have been good. I mean. The the WrestleMania the show before WrestleMania, no, not a lot. If anything, is really going to change. You know, if you've already got like, if you've already got someone advertised as having a match at WrestleMania, you know, either they're not going to lose their title, or if they do, it's going to be some sort of convoluted storyline the next few weeks that makes it a triple threat for them to get get back the championship at WrestleMania or something along those lines. But. Um, for me, like I said, it was a good pay-per-view, not fantastic. It was just, it was okay for what it was. Um, but that being said, kind of the key, one of my, well, kind of the first key talking point uh, for me, uh, kind of starting with the first, with the first match on the card was the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. She had Miz and um, Shane losing against um, the Usos. And then you have Shane turn heel uh, and just defeat Miz. And I understand, you know, having Miz turn heel again, Maybe not. There's nothing much more he can do as a heel, so it's a nice change of pace to have him as a face. And if you're going to have him turn face, it's a good place to do it in his hometown. Um, but the whole Shane heel turn for me kind of was like, okay, we'll see how this goes. But I'm not a hundred percent all in on Shane as a heel. I'm not in on Shane in any way. I I'm just not loving this having him there more often. Um, I just wish they would let an actual, I don't mean this in a bad way to say an actual talent, but a wrestler who's worked at being a wrestler their whole career. Like, there's so many fucking guys waiting to be used on that roster, and yet you're picking up Shane. Like, I'm just pretty fed up with him. I mean, to be fair, when he went up to the rope to do the coast to coast, I was like, oh, fuck, of course, coast to coast. Of course, that's because that's, that's like one of the only three fucking moves he can do. I liked that they made it a little bit different and had the clash um, off the jump. Fair enough to them. They, they at least made me a bit interested at that point. But, I mean, when you look at the end of that match, Miz carries him. Like, let's not lie, Miz is carrying Shane in this situation. And he gets out of the ring and he's fucking gassed. And he's barely done anything. Like, I just, I, I'm, I'll be quite happy when this storyline wraps up. I mean, when it gets down to it, you're right. It, it, it's a real question of why Shane, why not someone else? But the other thing is, like, it's not really a surprise to see a McMahon turn heel. Like, it, it's not new. It's not like he's not been a heel numerous times in his career as well. So, like, whenever something like this occurs, I've just been waiting for them to pull the trigger on heel Shane since he came back two years ago. This was inevitable. It's a surprise that it took them this long. 
But at the same time, when they got out of the ring and everyone started going on, I wasn't thinking Miz is going to turn. I was thinking Shane's going to finally show that Shane is still Shane McMahon. Like, it just, it was kind of telegraphed to some degree. And I kind of feel like just his presence telegraphs a heel turn because of his surname. What do you reckon that, Tom, in terms of Shane's heel turn? Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean... I'm glad we don't have to watch any more Miz and Shane McMahon tag matches anymore. Hopefully, they'll just do this quickly and easily, blow it off at WrestleMania, you know, and then that'll be that'll be the end of this um, because it's just, yeah, it's a bit, it's just a bit rubbish watching Shane wrestle. <laughs> Although, you know, I agree with Claire that uh, that coast to coast being caught midway through the move is was nice, especially considering the last time Shane tried that, it was Roman Reigns and he. Cracked his head on the ring, didn't he? So, uh, yeah. No, it, it, I, I, you say Shane wrestle. I say Shane wrestle with inverted commas because you know he he does what he can do, and it's just like you said. We, I don't think we need McMahon's wrestling. We don't need McMahon's in matches. As long you know, they're, they're, just be mouthpieces, managers. You can do the job as a heel. As an authority figure, it's been done. It will carry on being done. There's no need for him to get in the ring. If he wants to carry on doing it, you know, then the creative need to turn around and go, Shane, no, just, just, just no, we're not doing this anymore. Can't, come on, let someone else have a chance. Uh, you don't always need to be in the spotlight. Um, but that being said, um, well, I'm just real quick before we wrap on that one. If you need someone to fill that role in that family, take the fucking son-in-law. The one that's actually trained in wrestling and has tremendous heel heat wherever he goes. Like, I mean, it just makes fucking sense. Why not use the obvious? I get that you've put him in this whole Batista situation, but there's no reason that he couldn't have filled that role before you decided that was what you were going to do. There's no reason that someone else couldn't fill that role as well. But like, just if we're going to see McMahon's involved in wrestling, pick the one that's not actually a blood relation, seeing as he's trained. No, I agree with you there. If you're going to have anyone... You know, he, yeah, he married in, but technically he's kind of a, a McMahon by marriage. So, yeah, having Triple H in the Miz would have been interesting. Uh, and it would mean that we don't have to worry about Shane, you know, doing whatever the fuck Shane does. Um, but that being said, um, I mean, the next point I had, uh, kind of talk, talking points, was it kind of follows on, given the fact that it was the next match on the card, Asuka beating Mandy Rose. Where is Asuka's competition going to come from now? I mean, Charlotte's often fighting off Charlotte's fighting Ronda at, Re- at Mania. Who's going to challenge Asuka now? There really doesn't seem to be anyone who is going to step up. Now, does that mean we're going to have to see some guys from NXT get brought up to challenge Asuka? Or, you know, are they going to start pushing somebody else on SmackDown? But at the moment, I just can't see anyone really on SmackDown Live who can legitimately challenge Asuka for that title. Yeah, I think they need to do a, what, a classic superstar shake-up, as it were, after Mania and uh, and bring a couple other women around because um, it's there's not really anyone uh, you can you can sort of believe in as a credible title competitor. I mean, you know, if Mandy Rose had somehow won, uh, it wouldn't have been credible. It would, you know, we would have all have been like, oh, for God's sake, you know, it wouldn't have been very satisfying to see her be Asuka. I think they can do it. You know, they've got the personnel, people like Ember Moon. Uh, not to mention, if they get the belts off of 
Banks and Bailey, you've got two very, very credible top tier wrestlers right there, either of whom could be champions. So I, I you know, I think that's got to be the game plan after Mania. See, you beat me into it there because I was about to ask if a pair of you're fucking blindfolded. Like, there is Ember Moon, there is Nikki Cross still. Like, there's still plenty of talent in that roster. They're just not fucking using it. It's there. But I mean, even if you want to bring someone over and give her a credible threat that isn't somebody we've seen, although honestly, I would argue Ember Moon's the natural choice given their feud down in NXT and how she never actually managed to beat her. You've got a fucking feud in a can there if you need to set something up short. Why not? But like, if you're gonna do something, if you're gonna fantasy book, you're bring something from somewhere else. Rhea Ripley, look at how she was at the fucking Rumble. Think what a stiff fucking match that would be between the pair of them as well. That's also a possibility. This just felt like a complete waste. Uh, uh, sort of ask though. I don't know why they had this. I, it's not that Mandy Rose is like I. I remember watching her on Tough Enough. I remember how green she used to be. She's came on leaps and bounds, but I'd still rather see. Even Dana Brooke, there's someone who doesn't get a shake at all, who has the ability to actually work at this point. And every time I see her for the short order matches, they're sticking her in, the brief appearances she has, I'm like, holy shit, you have really came on. You deserve to be rewarded. Why wouldn't they give you something? She's not over. She's not over. And I, I can't see how she's going to get over. That's my problem with her. With her. Seriously. She just well, doesn't I, I connect that. with the audience. She's never going to be over if they don't put her on TV, though. Like, it, it, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy if you don't give her a chance to. Yeah, of course, that's fair. I mean, you never know. You never know. I, I think when you said Nikki Cross, that was, uh, to be honest with you, I did kind of go, oh, yeah, no, I, I would be very, very game to see that. Nothing. I mean, Sorry, go ahead, go. I was going to say, Nikki, like, was my first thought. Like, when you said that, I was like, Nikki, that, that would be a good shout I do think that from a storyline perspective, Ember Moon does make a lot of sense because of the NXT stuff, but it's just really funny that I do take some like brief notes just to kind of like keep it in my mind because sometimes I've got a terrible memory. And the first note, I, we're talking about credible threats here, and the first note I wrote down for this match is Mandy Rose is not a credible threat. She just isn't to me. Like It seemed like such a wasted match because they're just, in my mind, there was absolutely no way that she was going to win that match because she's just nowhere near that level you need somebody who you're going to actually believe truly as a credible threat to ask her and I think for me personally my top two picks there would be Ember Moon or Nikki Cross I think they could have a great kind of back and forth either one of them or all three of them well since we're such a fan of multi-matches at the moment <laughs> it would be interesting um to have some sort of triple threat um moving on from that um key talking point next Kofi Kingston um what are you thinking of this kind of whole Vince McMahon holding him down making him jump through hoops to get that Wrestlemania moment are you liking it as the 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 underdog story that they want the fans to root behind or is it something that's like just give him the fucking title already it's it's almost like like, go on you you go I was going to say I feel like they're trying far too hard with it I was going to say, I agree. I mean, that's that's exactly it, isn't it? It's almost like their problem is they gave a little run with Kofi in that gauntlet match before, you know, um, before the chamber, and they just didn't expect him to get so over. Like, the crowd was so into it. He was so hot. It's almost like they had to pull the trigger then, but then they thought, oh, no, this will be a great WrestleMania moment. And it's like, 
that's two months. You've got to fill two months of TV. With that in mind, yeah, this is a fair enough way of going about it. I mean, the problem is they're trying to recreate what happened with Daniel Bryan at 30. That's exactly what they're doing here. They're going, oh, look, he's got no chance. He's never going to get into it. Bam, here you come on the night. Right, okay, win your first match. Walk into the last one with an injury, win the belt. Like, it's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to win the belt right enough. That That's still up in the air in my mind. I feel like he should. That's not in question at all for me. It's whether they'll pull the trigger or not on it. But I kind of feel like the whole thing reeks of just trying to recreate what happened naturally to some degree. And again, it has happened naturally, but in a very different way. I feel like it was very short-sighted to do what they did on this show, though, because if it hadn't been for Mustafa Ali, that match would have got shit all over. Like, it was just such a... And, and it makes sense to some degree. I get that the long-term booking plan had probably been for Mustafa Ali to be there seeing as it was meant to be in the chamber. But it just... It, it, it reached to me a really bad decision-making for a live crowd as well. I know you had, obviously, your house show main event to send them home happy, but, like, what was the point? Like, why do any of this if all you're going to do is piss off the crowd and they're then just going to shit all over the show and baiting them while Elias in between bits like that probably didn't help either. Nah, Elias is one of those ones that you, you've, you, I don't know, he was popular and then he wasn't and then it's like, what are they trying to do with Elias? Um, I never quite understand what their actual kind of plan for Elias is. Uh, I don't even think they fucking know what they're trying to do with Elias right now. I love Elias. I mass. I honestly, I'm so into him. I, 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 I was texting my mate from a show, and all I was saying was after he showed it the first time. I tell you what, if all Elias does now is he just comes out and gets the crowd hyped up by reviewing the show as it progresses, I'd, I'd be there for that. I'd love that. <laughs> see, whereas I'm like the complete opposite. Every time I see him in the center of that fucking ring with a guitar, I'm like, no. <laughs> Fucking fast forward this bollocks. It's, do you know what it is as well? Because it's it, we're now not just so we watch a match, then we get the replay video stuff, then we've got Elias singing as well. So we're essentially getting two fucking recaps now for everything <laughs> that I've just watched half an hour ago. That is true. I've never been a fan of the recaps. Um, I, but... I think what's even worse about it though at that point in that context is that like. That shit works for the local crowd as well, but like when you're coming out and telling LeBron James jokes, I get them. I just don't fucking care. Like it's like the fans must feel on the other side of the world watching some of the earlier ICW shows and hearing the whole Edinburgh thing. It's relevant to us, yeah, but it's probably completely irrelevant to ninety percent of your audience, and it just really takes you out of the moment, and it makes it feel like. Did anyone ever watch? Uh, is it December to Dismember, the ECW show that like oh, had yeah. the hardcore elimination chamber? It feels like that because that show is like three matches and an hour and a half of guff. Ah, uh, the world of guff. What they're saying? I was gonna <laughs> say. So go ahead, Tom. I was just saying it's true. You know, <laughs> uh, it's like watching. If you, if you watch any of the old uh, ECW stuff on the network, just go in on a random one. Uh, to see what's going on. Honestly, the promos, <laughs> what the hell is going on? Like, you can see they're just flying by the seat of their pants half the time because some of it's just mad. 
I was never a massive ECW like follower, so I'm gonna have to go back and watch some of the I've seen some of the crazy stuff that's got up to on there, but um definitely absolutely mental. Um some of the stuff you just kind of jump in randomly and watch. Um so moving on from Kofi, um try to have a look here what happened. Yeah, so the revival. There's not been announced that they've signed um an extension. They've they've not said they're staying, they've not said that they're leaving. But they've still got the belts now. Do you think they're going to have the keep? Do you reckon? Uh, are they going to are they going to stay? Are they going to go? What that's what kind of what I've got from that. Given the fact they've still got the belts, do you reckon they're going to extend their contracts, or do you reckon that's them? They're going to just be done at the end of it. They're getting more credible, but I mean, look at the teams they're facing at the moment. They're not wrestling any actual tag teams. It's ridiculous. If you actually look at the tag team scene on this pay per view, look at them. The Usos and the New Day. Though there's like four tag matches, and those are the only other tag teams, you know. So, so you think for the revival, I, you've got to think they'll be thinking: Do we want to keep wrestling people who haven't really got great chemistry? With all due respect to Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, they haven't got great chemistry. They haven't got great tag team moves. And uh, I don't know. Maybe the revival is going to be thinking. If we go somewhere else, we'd be wrestling actual tag teams in proper long matches, not 10-minute matches, you know, 20-minute matches. Uh, you know, that would probably be the thing that would tip them to leave, if anything could. Yeah, I kind of agree with Tom. Like, it's just when you take all of that stuff into consideration, which you have to, the, the indie scene is becoming... Uh, a much more credible way to make a living as a wrestler um, now than it ever was before. And I think there's a perception, and I think it's true, generally speaking, that quite often, I think, storyline-wise particularly, and you get kind of a bit more control um, when you're on the indie scene um, about what you're doing and, and things like that. And I just think if you're feeling like you're a wee bit wasted, in the WWE and you're not being used correctly, which if they feel that way, I think it's completely fair enough looking at what's been going on with them. Then I think that might be the push you would take to just go and kind of get more, I guess, credible matches, maybe just kind of enjoy it more. Cause I can imagine that for the guys in the roster who aren't used particularly well, it can't be very enjoyable. So saying that, above and beyond the revival situation, for me personally, this was one of the best matches of the night overall. I know the other two aren't tag teams, um, but over over the course of the show, this match was right up there for me. I mean, I was quite surprised at the chemistry that they got uh, Tommy End and Ricochet as a combo. They do actually look like a tag team, although it's not what I want long-term for either of them. But again, both of them are my boys. So, like, you can't have everyone you want to be successful, successful, I suppose, because everyone would hold a belt and that would be a problem. But, like, it, when when push comes to shove, the match itself was good. I enjoyed it. I thought a lot of things looked great. Like, uh, I did love Chad Gable in pure shock and awe at Ricochet going over the corner. That was a nice touch. Like That's brilliant. It was a good match, but if we're talking about the Revival and what the long-term prospects are for them, they've still got fuck the Revival on the back of their gear. Like, it's very clear they still have one foot out the door at this point. 
it'll come down to what happens at Mania. I don't think they necessarily see a future. I think they'll be going, but if you want to know how it's going, watch it Mania. If they lose those belts, there's an odds-on chance they're away. If they keep a hold of them, maybe, just maybe, they'll be signed. Because I don't think WWE is stupid enough in this day and age when everyone's signing talent left, right and centre, New Japan, Ring of Honor, AEW, to leave belts on someone who might leave. So, like, if the deal's not done by around then, I think that'll be it. No, I was of the same opinion. If they, if they've got the tel- if they've got the belts at the end of Mania, they're probably going to resign. If they haven't, then they're going to be done. Um, that was kind of my opinion as well. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens come Mania. Um, next up, um, kind of skate over the Samoa Joe thing because um, I don't think there's a lot really to talk about in that regard. Um, the next one was um, the, the the tag team match. So, um, you had um, Bailey and Sasha Banks retaining over Nia Jax and Tamina, but the, my talking point was what happened after the match when you have Natalia coming down to help Beth Phoenix, who was trying to help um, Bailey and Sasha Banks. Now, part of me is wondering how much money did they have to offer Beth Phoenix to come out of retirement, and are we going to see Pin Up Strong versus Bailey uh, Boss and Hug at Mania? Well, that was really. Oh, sorry, Tom. That's always over, I, I just, uh, for me, I think that's, that is, I don't think it's about money. I think it's about come back because you can have a women's tag championship run. I think that's what it's about. I think you're right. It feels almost like they're they're doing right by her at this point and kind of going, well, you weren't around when these belts were. Let's give you the chance like they've done with the Rumble and everything else like that. But I think a more important question, call me cynical, but it's kind of who cares with this feud, not because of Beth Phoenix or Natalia, but because Tamina and Nia Jax is the most boring fucking combination that I've seen in a while. Like, it's just the same hashed out big you can't knock me onto one knee gimmick that we see over and over again with them just being done with a different gender for once, and I'm so tired of it. I just don't need to see it again. And I kind of feel like the possibility is that it won't be a title match at Mania. It could well be pin-up strong versus Tamina and Nia Jax and the title's doing something else as well. Who knows? Well, my kind of question that I came out of it was I think there's definitely going to be some sort of a match with them. My question was just, is it going to be a single match at Mania or are we setting up for some sort of run with them? Um, I, I don't really know. I think it might be one of those things where, I mean, injecting a wee bit into the tag belts. They shouldn't really need it. They're brand new, but this match felt really flat for me. And I'm thinking, God, this is the first time they're being defended and the match has fallen flat. We're all need already needing a wee bit of an injection here. Um, I can't say. I think it might just be a single mania match rather than a run, but that was definitely my the main question I left with after the end of this match. No, I, I agree with you. It's one of those ones where you go, mm, "Are you going to give them a run?" Does is Beth Phoenix in any? Is she in ring shape? Could she could she handle having a run as a champion? Um, is one of my, my question. How long has she been out of the game for? You know, she might be physically able to do it but is she ring fit that's the whole that's a whole different ball game entirely so if she's you know ring if she's ring ready then by all means give her a run and see out what they can do with it but 
if she's still got the ring rust, then it's just, I think it's just going to be a one match if she, because I can't see her being out that long and being, you know, a hundred percent in terms of ring capability. I think one thing about it is if, if she does come back, she has a match, she gets a tag titles for, you know, they literally will do it for like two weeks. If I do it, do it, do it like the night after mania and then lose it on. So just like, let get rid of them straight away. Uh, just get her name in the records. But for me, where Beth Phoenix could really be very helpful to a company is they've got so many young talent coming through, especially off the back of the May Young Classic, that, you know, Beth Phoenix could be right there to help establish people in terms of putting them over at big events. Like, that would be so valuable to the company. I agree with you. It would be nice to see, you know, she's getting some. I mean, she's doing commentary right now. Maybe she is training backstage. Who knows? Um, Moving on from that, um, we've got Daniel Bryan against Kevin Owens. Mustafa, Daniel Bryan kept the belt. No one saw that he wasn't going to keep that one. Um, but uh, that kind of, there's not a lot to talk about there. Next talking point that I think is kind of big here is um, the way that Becky Lynch ended up being put into the WrestleMania card because Ronda Rousey came down and attacked Becky in order to make sure that she got added to it. I didn't like that finish. I thought... You know, if you want, yeah, if you want Ronda to be the heel, have her be the heel. To me, this smacked of why are you having a heel making life even more difficult for herself? That makes no sense in the booking of things. If you're creative and you're thinking, okay, Ronda, you go down and attack Becky to make sure she's in the match, that flies in the face of logic that you've already got a one on one match. Why are you going to make it a triple threat match when it's going to make life even harder for yourself? You should have just let Becky win the match clean. It would have made Becky go into that match looking strong, looking like she's a a challenger rather than a hobbled contender who's going to have to fight out from underneath the entire time to get the belt. See, even if Ronda was coming at this from the opinion that I truly believe Becky deserves this shot, you know, we all know she does. She, she earned the right to be there. She was screwed over out of it. Even if you're coming from that, it still doesn't make sense to run in there and make it a triple threat for yourself. Like, it makes absolutely no fucking sense, and I don't understand why it happened, and it was just another screwy finish in the night that just didn't land for me. Yeah, I, I, I agree. When I'm, I'm watching... Smackdown or whichever show it was when I think it was Raw when uh, Ronda came out and you know addressed the crowd and gave a big heel promo that was great and at least she tried to justify it a bit with the sense of Becky you attacked me you keep beating me up I won you at Mania so I could beat the hell out of you great to some extent but I mean you know she could have just beat the hell out of her at any time there's no reason she'd have to do that at WrestleMania <laughs> there's no logic I mean I'm not going to defend the decision, right? Because it doesn't make sense to put yourself in a triple threat. But if we're going by kayfabe logic and given she's a newcomer, the possible justification is twofold. It's that she wants Becky in the match because she can battle the shit out of her. And if it's a triple threat, it's no disqualification. So it eliminates the idea that she's not going to be a credible enough professional wrestler to take out the other two. Because she can just go and grab a fucking kendo stick whenever she feels like and call back to what Charlotte did to her. Like, it does, in some regard, make sense. It's still not the best decision. I agree with you that probably... Oh, is that the bad opinion, police? 
<laughs> am, I, am I getting arrested? Uh, I mean, like, when it comes to that, though, like, this whole decision, like, I, yeah, you're right. It would have made less, it, it would have made more sense, sorry, rather, not to hobble her and to have her come in and just legitimately win that match. But there is at least a credible case to be made for why it happened. If you really want to stretch it in the logic, it's still not the best path. No, like I said, it you can you can look at it and go, yeah, we kind of get why you did it, but yeah, come on, be a little bit more intelligent than that. We we kind of know what you're gonna do. We know that Becky was going into WrestleMania. We knew that that was gonna happen, but the, come on, give us some credit to at least call you out on some of the bullshit that you make because that was a stupid decision. Um, but you know, things will be what they will be, and hopefully. You know, Becky gets the title of Mania, as uh, she should do. Um, last talk. aside on the Becky sure, match, just personal like opinion, right? I'm all for selling an injury and stuff to kind of further storyline. But there's a point where she, I feel like she's hamming it up too much outside of the ring because then it becomes completely uncredible when she can move around that ring without a crutch, when it looks like she can barely move outside of the ring without a crutch. Like you need to hit a balance with that, and right now I'm not I'm not believing it. Could you could you chalk that up to it's the adrenaline rush of being in the ring that allows her to do stuff she wouldn't normally be able to do? That's the case. Corey Graves needs to say out on commentary. You know, they need to sell that story if that's the case. I agree with you, it's stupid. It looks really weird. No, you're hundred percent right there, Tom, unless you're actually pointing that out to some degree or how smart a decision is. Commentary's there to justify creatives' bad decisions. That's purely what they really exist for from an absolute storyline perspective. If they're not doing that, someone's missing something. I mean, I'm watching wrestling. You're already asking me to suspend my disbelief to a certain degree. <laughs> There's a point where that stops. Yeah, exactly. We've already bought into some extent, like, by watching wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we, 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 we've paid our ticket. We, 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 we're, we're at the show where we're willing to, you know, forget for... Uh, however long that match lasts, that this is all choreographed and you know who's going to win. We, we, we're we well aware of the what wrestling is, but we choose to forget that so we can be drawn into a storyline. If you then, you know, if you then go outside of that and you end up doing stuff that takes us out of that moment, you have that disconnect, which people either will go, yeah, okay, fair enough, or people will just turn on it. You know, you see fans who turn away from wrestling because of the fact that they're, they are disconnected from the world of professional wrestling because of the fact that you're making it too clear that this is not, you, you, you're taking us outside the realms of possibility. Sometimes you want to watch a wrestling match and go, I know it's choreographed, but holy shit, this could be real. Yeah, totally. Totally agree. It's that thing where, like, it, it, for me, right now, the one that springs to mind most recently is, like, Finn Lesnar. Booking-wise, I knew that there was no realistic chance that Finn was going to win. But in that moment, on that night, the match was so good and they put it together so well with like the stomach to the, ta- the table, into the stomach and stuff, that for a little while in that match, I thought, oh my God, it might happen. Mm, exactly. That, that, like that Kofi Kingston, Trouble in Paradise to Daniel Bryan, he hits the mat and the, just that moment for that near fall, it felt like it could have been three. Uh, that that's what you watch it for, isn't it? That's brilliant. No, it, it, it's the whole reason why we get into this is so we can 
watch that stuff and be drawn in and go and and have those oh my god i can't believe he kicked out or oh my god i can't believe he didn't kick out of that um you know those sort of things that what we what we live for what we strive for and when you get to that gets taken away from you you just feel disillusioned where it's like okay we we wanted something to make us really connect with this and you've just completely ignored us we don't feel connected in any way shape or form to this and it just it doesn't work for us yet you're still expecting us to watch it and pay for it and come and see the show and that's what drives people away but i think that's the caveat is that that's context sensitive as well because there's certain things that are disbelievable that we can put it to one side for just because there's a redeeming feature like all in and joey ryan being resurrected by the team of cox like that was funny enough that i was willing to let go that it made no sense Oh, gotcha. Uh, you know, well, given the fact that the, you know the te- the whole testicular wrestler thing is a ridiculous gimmick that we all buy into, um, it's another one of Joey Ryan sings. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, wrestling will always be. It, it doesn't make any bones about what it is um, anymore. You know, when kayfabe used to be protected, everyone, you know, you couldn't even talk about the fact that you you knew what was going on. Um, but you know, it, I think that's a, di- a different discussion for a different time. Um, the last talking point in terms of what happened on the pay-per-view for myself is the final match of the card. Um, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, and the returning Roman Reigns uh, all reunited uh, one last time as The Shield, again, defeated Bobby Law- uh, Bobby Lashley, Baron Corbin, and Drew McIntyre. Um, my talking point is, is this the last we're going to see? Of the- is this the last we're going to see of The Shield? Is Dean Ambrose truly done? Or do you think he might have a change of heart and re-sign? I think I kind of said this in the last show. I, I was, we were watching some other stuff on YouTube today where some people were saying that, you know, they think that they're just going to wait to the last minute and there's no way that he's leaving and blah, 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 blah. But I'm of the other opinion. I think he's definitely away. I think I said this last week or two weeks ago. I think he wants to go back to doing what he was doing before WWE. I think he wants to go back to being John Moxley and doing harder matches, more hardcore matches and stuff like that. So I personally think he's going. If he doesn't, great. I love Dean. But person, my personal opinion on this is that he's definitely away. I am so ready if uh, AEW can get their hands on him for John Moxley versus Jimmy Havoc, by the way. Oh. I imagine that so many people are not ready for what they're going to see. But as an old school blood mark, there, there is definitely a part of me that's eyeing that and going, that's going to be brutal. That's going to be amazing. I will happily watch that. Like, he's gone. He's fucking gone. And I'm going to phone this in just like they did that match from a house show fucking card that forgot somehow. Like, that's what it felt like. It was send the crowd home happy. Uh, 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 nah, he's gone. That's pretty much all I've got to say on the matter. It's difficult, isn't it? Because Dean's like, um, he had that taste of being so over at one point. Do you remember there was that point where his music, the thing that would start, that motor sound would start, and the crowd went mad. And everyone was like talking about it like stone cold levels of of pops. And, you know, it's nothing like that now, obviously, after they ruined him with that insane gas mask, sirens gimmick. Notice the sirens aren't in his theme song anymore, by the way. Uh, they've corrected that one. But yeah, um, so I guess from his perspective, he's had that taste of being the hottest thing. And it's difficult then, isn't it? When you're not anymore, maybe you do look outside and say, well, I could be that again in AEW. But, but let's 
also say he could still. <laughs> it, it seems plausible, but like he's only sticking around if they put him in a in, in the title picture. So if something like Seth wins at WrestleMania, and then that Monday night on Raw, it's like Dean v Seth one more time for the strap. I mean, it would be insane, but also somewhat plausible. So I, for me, he could say. To be fair, to be fair, <laughs> if it's all a work and it's all kind of worked storyline to kind of build it, that he might be going away and kind of, I don't know, maybe by thinking that you're going to lose him, gain appreciation for him if he does eventually stay. If this is all a work and, pl- and it's planned by WWE and there's actually no risk of losing him, that's a fucking phenomenal piece of writing on the back of all this AEW stuff. It's a really good use of it. Whether that's the case or not, I'm not too sure. I don't know if they'll be actually smart enough to do anything like that. But if it turns out that it's all a work, that phenomenal timing, well use of that kind of AEW stuff that's happening right now. There is historical precedent for this type of work in Brian Pillman. Like, but you saw how that backfired on WCW when they printed actual termination papers for him and he fucked off the ECW. It's still oh. one of my favourite fucking stories. It's like, my favourite. Like, you know, you know, yeah, um, what was it? Um, he was, there was the whole storyline, like there was the whole work shoot storyline that WCW were running with Brian Pillman in that he didn't like how he was being treated. So um, they had this whole thing where they were threatening to fire him um, Brian Pillman told Creative at WCW that in order for this work shoot to be believable, he would need termination papers. So they stupidly sent him his P45 or his pink slip, which he used oh. to then gow of his contract and go to ECW. Unbelievable. That's brilliant. <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong, right? There's part of me looking at this going, like, you can definitely see parallels between Pillman and fucking Ambrose. There's no getting away from that. And it would be a wonderful callback. I just don't think they have the foresight for this to actually be. It just seems like he's going to go. And I, as much as I'd like to disagree with you, because I'd like to see Dean back there, and you know, I like the Shield. I mean, the the I think the Shield together are greater than the sum of its parts, especially when you take Roman Reigns into consideration. Um, but eh, who knows? You know, it's only time will tell. Um, you know, will we see Dean Ambrose again? Maybe. Who? Maybe not. That's. It's one of those things. It, it's wrestling. Um, will we? You know, he's going to appear somewhere, if not WWE, because um, he's just too, oh, too much of a good wrestler to to be lost to the shuffle. Effectively, in terms of you know going down somewhere, and if he needs to make himself a name again, in terms of highly popular, you know, AEW comes calling. Um, you've got John Moxley, like you said, John Moxley versus Jimmy Havoc will be a match in which the in which any blood donation bank would be proud to be at, so they could proud to sponsor, so they could at least get some of that. Just real quick, by the way, before we move on, for just another thing from the match, just real quick, it's better. It's still not great, but Roman Reigns' spear has definitely gotten better with time off. Like it, it actually looks like a spear now, so that's something. That's always a good thing. You know, you know, Roman Reigns is one of those people who I think people want to like or at least, you know, want to at least try and get behind. Um, but there's always something that either pulls you back from going, yeah, let's all go in on Roman Reigns. Because, you know, when he comes back and everyone's got, he's got nuclear welcome back heat, 
which then kind of cools off straight away when you realize that he's still not 100% the best wrestler. He's not a fantastic wrestler. It's one of those things where you go, I really want to like you, Roman Reigns, but I just can't. Yeah, no, I don't know that I'm ever going to like him. I'm past the point of wishing I could like him. I'm just, I don't care anymore. Like, it's so bad, I don't even hate him. I just don't care. Claire's got yeah. to the point of apathy with Roman Reigns. It's even the point now that I think is given the fact that he had his leukemia resurgence and then he's gone back after going into remission, you know, turning him heel would just seem like a massive kick in the teeth. It's like you can't it's like, yay, we like you, Roman Reigns, but we're gonna have everyone boo you even though you came back from cancer. I'm about to say something that maybe perceived as cynical, right? But the I, I mentioned this before. Brian Boyle went out with uh, leukemia from the NHL, came back to the New Jersey Devils, scored on coming back. The reason people kept that with Brian Boyle and were very happy to see him was because he could still play fucking hockey. And he can play it to a level that not a lot of people can. Roman Reigns cannot wrestle above a lot of indie stars at this point, to be honest. So, like... It's real hard for me. I, I, I'm on the apathy train. Yeah, it's just kind of... I mean, it's nice to see him improve. I could maybe tolerate him in a lesser capacity, in a mid-card capacity, if he's getting better, and I see plenty of him. But I'm so burnt out on him on the main event scene because you've pushed him so hard on it for so long that it's never going to... I'm never going to take to it. Nah, I, I think, like I say, it, it's got to... We're past the point of no return with Roman Reigns. He's either needs to improve dramatically or, you know, just just to, you know, have have a retirement match, have a, you know, have the whole thing that he needs to concentrate on, you know, spending time with his family because you never know if it's ever going to come back again. That sort of whole, I have to retire for my health, you know, retire thing. It's, it's just, I don't know. I'd like to say it's just uh, Roman Reigns. So, yeah. But, I mean, that's the whole fast lane card. Um, I'm trying to think of, there's not really much to talk about. Okay, so we kind of skipped over a little bit. Okay, um, Samoa Joe. Um, do you reckon they, they, do you reckon it was it was finally time for him to have a belt? Do you reckon they waited too long for him to get a belt? Um, personally, I think that he should have had a belt on the main roster a lot sooner than this. Um, hopefully him having a t- uh, the United States Championship for a run will at some point give him a chance to get back onto the main event scene. Yeah, no, I'm glad to see Joe with a belt. But for me, the actual standout thing when I was watching this match was I was watching it going, holy shit, Artrus actually looking not too bad. (laughs) Apart from the rapping at the start, the actual working, I was actually really pleasantly surprised with. I mean, the second um, Carmella and Zelina Vega were both out on the, the ramp, I was like, that fight, that'll be a fight on the outside called that for the beginning because it was just so obvious like so many things on this card but it was a solid match and I'm glad Joe uh, retained the belt I think he definitely deserved it I think probably should have given it to him long before now but he's got it now and I wouldn't mind seeing him have it for a good Uh, Can I I ask right I'm I'm guessing one of the two of you watches the weekly shows at this point because we don't like has R-Truth been this good for a wee while now or like was this a one-off performance? Because, like, I remember watching a lot of the latter part of his career and kind of being like, Rod, Rod, come on, Matt. Just, just, that's, that's enough. 
that's that's plenty. Like you can walk away with no shame at this point. You've done well in times. Like we we can let it go. We can forget that the last bit of this, like you turning up to pay per views thinking it's the next or the last pay per view thing ever happened. Like has he been consistently this good with that belt? Well, I mean, it's one of those ones where you watch and you go, it's a weird career resurgence that he's had. It seems like he he, he cares again. That he he wants to put on good matches, and it seems to be you know they you know either giving him the title or at least putting him in the title hunt for the U.S. belt kind of gave him that impetus to at least put on good matches again. To, to be fair to Truth, he's he you know he's feels like he's been in the last part of his career for the past eight years, doesn't it? <laughs> and and yet, yeah, you know he's always been playing a fair amount of comic relief, and he's been doing that role consistently for 10 years now um and uh, and i think I, I agree with james giving him a belt i mean they i think they should have given him the title belt you know nine years ago whenever it was but giving him a belt now it just kind of elevated to the point of oh yeah like when he was in a title match it was like actually yeah truth truth could have a belt he's been a well and to be honest with you it kind of makes a hell of a lot of sense for the united states championship Considering you know how how meaningless it is to to give it to someone like Truth because and again if I may his comedy routine saying that he's been doing it for his hero John Cena his childhood hero John Cena that's hilarious. I mean to be fair right I, I'm not saying don't give him the opportunity I'm just saying I'm shocked at what I saw it was a great match everyone interacted very well it worked very well I felt so fucking sorry for them through this because. The company, sorry, coughing to death. Uh, the company had clearly said, like, sort of early doors, you know, well, he's not going to be in this match for Kofi, and everyone wanted Kofi. And regardless of how good they were, that crowd was going to spend all night chanting, We want Kofi, because you've had Elias come out and mock their local sports teams. You've set them off. This is what they do when they're set off. US crowds are just like that. Like, it was very much a case of. Sort of a real good match. It, it was perils before swine. It just wasn't sort of worth it. Oh, nope. I'm talking about oh, the wrong match. fucking match there. Yeah. No, Samoa Joe. Yeah, Samoa Joe and Hartrick. <laughs> oh, my God. Completely <laughs> blanked out there. I mean, oh. if you want to edit that out, sure. If you don't, uh, I'll just take the hit and look like a twat. It's I, I've completely mixed myself up there. Uh, no, as far as like the, the R Truth, like sort of Samoa Joe. And nameless competitor. Andrade. Uh, yeah, Andrade. That's how much a non-factor he was. Although Ray was in this as well. Yep, Ray was in there too. Yeah, yeah. There was some lovely spots between the two of them as well. Like there was some like real like I don't know if you realize this, but in Mexico, if you've ever watched the like, AAA or CMLL, you'll notice a lot of guys land on their feet, and you'll notice that there's very little bumping to the mat, and that's because they tend to do it on boxing rings, which are much stiffer, like sort of floors. So, like, when it came to seeing some of the stuff where the pair of them were just, like, landing on their feet and going blow for blow, it was like Rey Mysterio was, like, fucking 15 years younger again. Like, it, it, it's really nice to see. It's like when you take a puppy and an old dog and they suddenly perk up. That's what Andrade's been for. Oh, no, I agree with you there. It, it does seem that, you know, again, when it's like, um, like I said, with Andrade, you know, he's got the Lucha style. Uh, and then you've got Ray, who, you know, 
king of the luchadors uh, for for what yeah, at one point kind of had that title, and it's like okay, we're both luchadors. Let's show them what luchas can actually do um, when you know in a match, and let's put on our best lucha performance. And you know sometimes they do stuff that could be you know the, the matches they've had in the singles feud that they had were fantastic as well. So it's definitely um, one to watch those two guys having a match against each other. It's just. You know, it, it seems that Rey Mysterio had a, a kind of a, a new lease on uh, life in terms of the uh, his wrestling ability. When he has someone who can match or at least harken back to days gone by when he was one of the best, if not still one of the best, luchadors around. Also, real quick, Andrade going for the three amigos. Mwah. Oh, well done, buddy. That was yes. a wonderful callback to something that's so like central to Rey. A brilliant little bit of heel work. And, you know, to be fair, Andrade's really good. And uh, if they did want to go feud Joe Andrade, that that would work very well for me. The only thing is they have to put the United States Championship in a position on the card, which gives it meaning. Putting it right in the middle just means that the championship is somewhere in the middle. For me, it should... I, I mean, you know, this is probably... I'm just like, whatever. I would always have the main event be the title, right? But then the penultimate match, if you made that, imagine if it was like the pay-per-view went all the way and then just before the main event, US Championship match. It's immediately more meaningful and a singles match as well. And it goes 20 minutes. I know that's probably impossible in modern WWE, but <laughs> it would give the belt some meaning. Yeah, that's an awful big wish list you got going on there for that. <laughs> uh, we, we can but hope and dream. Um... Okay, okay, the last last thing to really talk about really in terms of Fastlane was Daniel Bryan keeping his belt um, against Kevin Owens and Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali, kind of, he got inserted last minute by Vince McMahon, who seems to be micromanaging his ass right now. Um, but still, it was it was it is what it is. Um, I've been one of my things is I'm enjoying Kevin Owens as a face right now. Yeah. I mean. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, that was, it was a good match for both of them. I quite like Kevin as a face. I have to say, it's a total side note, I'm liking the new ink as well. Um, But it was a decent match. I understand, like, there, at least at least in the micromanaging, there was some semblance of reason for adding Mustafa, and at least it wasn't just total randomness. Uh, there, there was a reason, at least there was that, but it was never going to go down well um, because the crowd wanted Kofi so badly. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't. it was a decent match and I, there wasn't really much else to say from it, really. Given that we've probably left the existing mistake in because it's what everyone does, like OSW, you've already heard me say this, but just in case James does decide to edit out the previous one, that's it. Pearls Before Swine. It was a good match. It was really enjoyable worked really well crowd were not remotely interested because you've whipped them up and you've done this and it felt like such a slap in the face to the three guys in the ring if someone had had a beach ball it would have been going around the arena like this was just fuck I, 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 and Mustafa Ali did his damnedest to save that match his absolute damnedest and he did quite a good job there's probably an interesting space out with two, uh, 205 Live for the boys somewhere. It just was sort of... I, it was a great match that was rendered meaningless by what you'd already done. And that was fucking stupid to do. Like, honestly, 
you would have been better served to let this match stand on its own merit as a singles match or something as well. Like, just not have had the whole Kofi storyline. If you're going somewhere with that, that's fine. But the place to do that is Raw the next evening. The place to do that is have him come in and be like, oh, well, you know, you, you could have given me this opportunity. You could have let me do this. Have him seize the impetus the day after. Do it on one of the fucking weekly shows. That's what you've got all these segments and three hours of bullshit to fill for. Like, why do this on a pay-per-view and then render a live crowd completely unable to watch that match without shitting all over it? That's that is a shame. You know, you, 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 it is always one of the ones that you run the risk of the crowd turning. Um, speaking of the crowd, it was just always I was wondering because um, you know when heels um, run down local sports teams and stuff. I mean, they're not gonna. It's not gonna. It doesn't happen regularly because the Red Wings are successful. But do you get a bit? Do you you know throw a bit of heat that way if they ever insult the Red Wings? See, this season, the Red Wings have been god-awful and we're looking at potentially getting one of the first picks in the draft. If someone had mocked the Red Wings this year, I'd be like, yeah, I know, we're shit. <laughs> like, it, it, it's it's hard for me to really feel that because either it's inaccurate and you're sitting there going, well, no, but, I mean, I get what you're trying to do, or it's completely accurate and you're sitting there like, yeah, we're terrible. I think that's very much a Brit thing, though. Like, the chant, we're shite and we know we are is a thing here. It's That's not true. something you get in the states. Oh no, it, it's very much an English thing, um, definitely. Um, but you know, it's it's one of those ones where you know heels tend to yeah, it's it's quick, cheap heat. We'll just run. We'll just you know we'll shit on the local sports team. That'll get me some quick booze. Um, you know, heel work has always been kind of let's. What's the cheapest way to get heat? Sometimes uh, I like it when you know heels you know have a little bit of thought into either their promos or their ring styling in order to try in order to get heat. Um, not maybe not uh, yeah organically. You know, try and get it to do, done just through what they're saying, not having to resort to cheap pops in terms of getting those boos. I prefer that rather than the cheap stuff that goes around. I'd be lying if I didn't see why they've done it though. Like I, I get that. The whole flipping up the crowd and everything. So you've got a bunch of audio segments and shit. If you're putting Kofi in a match at WrestleMania that you can play back of them chanting, we want Kofi over that match. I understand from a creative perspective why it's been done and what they were looking to achieve and they achieved it. It's really unfair to the three fucking performers you've put in the middle of the ring who are having a great match though. That's for sure. Yeah, it does get back to um, to a couple of points, doesn't it? I mean, in terms of that credible threats mentioned before, um, you know, you knew Daniel Bryan was never losing the title, so to give the match 20 minutes when there was no jeopardy on the end result is a bit weird. Um, Mustafa, um, do you know what? I mean, honestly, why not do it? If say you are going to do Kevin Owens at WrestleMania, right? Say it's going to be a triple threat for the sake of argument, I don't think they even know, but say it is, why would you not just do something like Kevin Owens must suffer early to be the new number one contender because Kofi isn't allowed anymore. Why not do it that way and not even make it a title match? Then there'd be jeopardy. Like that would have been a much better way of doing it. So, because just, that makes sorry. sense. You're asking for <laughs> sense and good storytelling, and we know that doesn't happen. Sorry, it still comes back to that central problem, though. Then you still have two performers in the middle of the ring putting on a good match, getting shit on. And that leads to things like guys going into the crowd and tearing beach balls, which was hilarious, but it also leads to guys fucking off. Yeah, I mean, when when even the performers have to turn around and go, what the fuck are you guys doing? You know, 
we're trying to put on a match here and you're tossing around a beach ball. Have some fucking respect. We, I, I, mean, I get that, you know, you, you pay your money, you, you expect to be allowed to, you know, say what you want and do what you want to an extent. But when doing what you want means that you're disrespecting the guys that you paid money to see, you, you just shit, you just, you know, you're ruining your enjoyment for other people. You're being, you're selfishly trying to make the show about the crowd rather than about the wrestlers in the ring. I don't even mind so much when it's like chanting. If you're paying attention to the match and you're coming up with funny chants and stuff that go along with it, like then at least you're still watching and at least it's relevant to the match. It's when you start doing like the Mexican fucking wave and the beach ball and it's clear that you're not even giving them the attention in the ring that they at the very, very base level deserve. That's what annoys me. But at the end of the day, this is my, my biggest problem with this match. That was exactly what they wanted for this because they wanted an audio reel of people chanting, we want Kofi, that they can stick over a fucking pre-mania match package and go, boom, there you go. Look at it. We recreated Daniel Bryan. And that's the worst thing about this because it's not even the crowd just being disrespectful. It's the crowd being prompted to be disrespectful. And honestly, from a creative standpoint, biggest mistake you're going to make because it's just going to lead to one of those guys who was involved in that match being like, well, if I'm that unimportant, why the fuck am I? Yep, it is a shame. Um, you know, the, you know, they get devalued because of what WWE want the crowd to say. I mean, in even in the the week, a couple of weeks before Fastlane, you had SmackDown crowds and Raw crowds chanting, we want Kofi. You could have just used that and done something else rather than have it at Fastlane. You know, like you said, you've got these guys trying to put on a match, trying to do the best that they possibly can to entertain the crowd, and the crowd want none of it because you orchestrated the fact that the crowd would have none of this. You you micromanaged it to make sure the crowd did what you wanted them to do at a time when you wanted them to do it in order to get the most visceral response that you can then use on a highlight reel, which to me, you know, it means that you don't really care what the crowd want. You know what you want. You want the crowd to want what you want. And it just harkens about you're not really listening. You were listening because you know the crowd want Kofi, but you also wanted them to say they wanted Kofi, so we'll do this. Yeah, I mean, even like, what, like, the whole switcheroo, like, you're, you're antagonizing the crowd all the way through this storyline. The, the switching, like making it seem like he's going to be in the match, then not in the match, then in a, a, a oh god, what's the word? A disadvantage against the bar to just get completely beat down for the crowd to chant boring, which it was essentially a little bit of workplace bullying there. Like, there's absolutely no need to put him in a handicap match with the two of them to get absolutely beaten up. Like, there's no need. Like, I, I feel like that's a little bit too far and then to then go on and you know have this match where there was no real trepidation that the belt was going to change and you've put Mustafa Ali in and you've put Elias out to do recaps and stuff you're basically just baiting the crowd the whole way through for no real good reason to be honest no I agree with you entirely it's just you know why you know, why are they doing this if it's not, yeah, yeah, we know what you want us to say, but at least give us something that where we can say it organically, you know, do it so that, you know, 
it's part of the storyline rather than just coming up with convoluted schemes to get the crowd to say what you want the crowd to say. I mean, it really was a point of micromanagement. It's like, okay, we need to do this X, Y, Z. We need to do it here. We need to do it here. We need to do it here. And end result is this. Perfect. Let's run with that. And it just harkens to the fact that they weren't really doing what the crowd wanted. They were doing what they wanted to get the crowd to do what they wanted them to do. Is it, I was going to say, it's kind of like a sidestep slightly, but is it just me or does the quality of the product genuinely dip when Vince is visibly on TV? Yes. Yes, it does. And that is a shame because, I mean, back in the day, we loved Vince McMahon. You know, you used to think that he was a genius. He could do no wrong. It just seems to be the more of a spotlight or at least the more of a, a wider audience shows you that there is uh, alternative products out there. You look at Vince McMahon and go, you're not following along with the times. You are still acting like this is the nineties. This is the attitude era or the ruthless aggression era. You know, you're not following on. You need to either evolve and follow along with the times and what people expect Rather than going, you will like this. This is what you. This is what I want you to like. You will like this. Have it down your throat ad nauseum. Which and is it, such a shame, considering how far ahead of his time he was when he started. Let's uh, let's open the floor back up here because I kind of feel like the three of us have talked ad nauseum there a wee bit, and I kind of steamrolled you there, Tom. What were you going to say? Let's. Uh, what do you reckon? Let's let's open the floor to the the qualified journalist among us and let them just say. I, I, I haven't got much to add, to be honest with you there. Um, I think, uh, I, I, you know, I think you're fairly right. Uh, maybe it's when Vince McMahon tends to come back when the ratings are dipping. So uh, it, it's almost like the ratings are dipping a bit, so they shake it up, they put Vince on TV, and the quality necessarily drops because they've, they've just mixed things up a bit. Um, that, that would be maybe what, what I think. Although um, it doesn't excuse any of it, because this pay per view in general was very, very poor. Or maybe, like, let's deliberately make it worse for a little while so that when we go back to making it decent, it'll seem really good again. Genius. That, that, like, WWE are playing 4D chess out here. Like, ah, this'll get them. Yeah, maybe. So WWE is just trolling us all. Just literally going, here's some shit stuff. So the good stuff looks fantastic in comparison. Doesn't you know, Jane? WWE's creative is the biggest troll of all. How did I ever forget that? <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> you, you just wonder, you know, what the f- what the fuck? You know, I think... Um, uh, I think every once in a while we need to look back and go, what the fuck were they thinking? I think that should be a segment at some point because there is so much stuff that the WWE did. Either, even now, uh, I mean, back in the day that you just went, what the fuck were you either smoking, drinking, or snorting to think that was a good idea? <laughs> yeah, totally. It's, um, it's something- we, I was going to say, if we can slam one other creative decision since we're on this for the pay-per-view... Um, how about AJ Styles? Like that is, I mean, there's, it's almost funny. Uh, you have a man who they they built up as this big champion for so long, and uh, and then he's on a pre-show going, yeah, well I think Kofi should have a go. 
it's interesting to see what's going to happen with that as well, though, because like we're going to get a throwaway fucking match with him and Orton, and this this actually bothered me the most of all of the stuff on this card because I almost felt like the sole purpose of the Elias segments through this entire fucking night that dragged out for probably about a combined, let's say, fifteen to twenty minutes. And that's probably me being lenient and underselling it, but let's say 15 to 20 minutes and say, you know, that's about a match's worth of time, just so that, you know, you could set up a confrontation between the two of them. Why didn't you just go old school and have someone spill fucking coffee on someone or some shit? Have some <laughs> yeah. backstage segment that wraps this in like less than five minutes. It's a throwaway feud regardless, even if it's predicated on the other stuff that's happened. And if you feel like you've done enough that you can just dump the two of them mid-ring, have that happen, and it sets up a Mania match, then you probably feel like you've done enough that you can have Orton run over AJ Styles backstage and that be the justification as well. Uh, why are we powering up the Bortron? I mean, I, I I don't know. I really fucking don't know, but they are, and that's what's going to happen with AG at Mania this year, and oh my god, I'm going to want to skip it so hard. I'm going to want to skip it, but I'm going to watch it because it's Mania, and it's the one show of the year where I don't fucking skip anything. Anything at all. I have a six hours, I'm not allowed to skip it. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly it. Like this is the one show of the year, and it happens to be the longest where I will watch everything start to finish. Usually because we've put an accumulator on and we want to see if it's been burst early or not. Spoiler alert: almost every time first or second match it's gone. But like this is the one where we watch everything. And on that, we've tried to go with our hearts and what we would like to see, and then put another one on and what we think creative's going to do, and we still always lose. But it's also the show, probably the only pay-per-view, if we're really honest, that we watch the pre-show for as well. But it is probably the only one that we really don't get anything on. Like we'll even watch like the promo packages and stuff like that. See, I don't I don't skip it. Part of me is also going, right, six hours. The pre-show's gonna be what, another two? So that's an eight hour show. So and that's gonna start at ten o'clock at night. And then, kick, and then WrestleMania kick off at twelve. There is no way I'm staying up till six o'clock in the fucking morning. Nah, no. fuck that. We've got the next day off work. We'll literally get up, won't pick up our phones, start watching it on the Monday. Then we've got the rest of the week off to recover from whatever shit happens. Um, here's uh, speaking of the length of it. Um, here, here's sort of something for you um, that I was reading during the week. Uh, the claim that WrestleMania 35, because all the matches that they've been effectively teasing. WrestleMania 35, theoretically, could have 17 matches. Um, <laughs> Holy shit! Sounds seven. insane. Would you like I mean, me to list the 17 possible matches? Just real quick before you do, Wrestle Kingdom's 12 and it goes like four hours and it's neat and some of those matches are short. WWE with 17 potential matches on the card, I don't trust for this not to feel bloated. Well, <laughs> I would say got... go through it and play keep get to fuck. Uh, yeah. Tell me, yep. tell me when it exactly right. So here we go. Uh, Seth Brock, keep it keep. good guy. Um, Charlotte Lynch Rousey, keep it keep, keep it, good guy. Yeah. Um, Cedric Alexander, Buddy Murphy, Cruiserweight Championship. 
pre-show. Yeah, pre-show, good pre-show. guy. Yeah. Pre-show, yeah. So Triple H, Batista, obviously. Fuck off. Yep, yeah. get to fuck. Uh, good guy. Money. I'm, I'm happy with it. It's going to be his last match. He's going to come in with his pal. It's going to be a meaningless match, but it's going to be a nice mania moment for me. It'd be great when Ric Flair gives him the figure four, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Kurt Angle, retirement match, farewell match. Keep it. I've got nothing but space for Kurt Angle. For the sake of narrowing down the the card a bit, um, we'll say it's John Cena, just to to keep it at 17. (laughs) Um, They said John Cena, but interestingly today I saw on Twitter that Matt Riddle's rallying to be his last opponent, and holy shit, what a match that would be. Miss Shane, obviously. Get to fuck. Why? Yeah, we don't need it. AJ and Alton. Get to the, no, nothing against AJ, but I just really I don't care for Orton, and I could totally get rid of that card without that match without caring. Yeah, wank. So Roman Reigns presumably will have a match against somebody. Yeah, again, uh, Roman Reigns apathy. We can lose that easy. Wank. And you've got all of the titles. You know. WWE Championship, Kofi, Brian, maybe KO, whatever. Keep. Good guy. For sure. Keep. Women's Championship match, Asuka and someone. Depends on who they put. Yeah. That's up in the air one, I think. Women's tag match as well, Bailey and Banks. What do we think? Beth, Phoenix, Natalia, Nia Jax, Tamina, Iconics, whatever it'll be, you know. Potentially a three-way. Uh, probably going to fast. Yeah, if they keep... Okay, well, um... I don't think... I think, were you still muted there? I can't hear you. Oh, sorry, was that... Did you hear nothing there? When no, I, I don't hear anything uh, when you were my talking. My bad. What I was saying was that as far as uh, sort of... That tag match goes, it's probably going to be like sort of the configuration we saw at Fastlane with the three different teams. See where it goes. If it's good, it's good. If they can keep Nia and Tamina out of the picture for long enough of it, it'll probably be great. Okay. I well, think we could probably lose that, that tag match. I'm not overly fussed. How do the titles mean so little already? <laughs> I knew. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting tired of talking about this, and yet there's still uh, six matches to go. <laughs> um, the Raw Tag Team Titles Revival, well, Ricochet and Black, probably. Mm, that should be good. Yeah, I can watch that for long enough to be happy. Down tag titles, then. I mean. You know, whatever combination of teams, Hardys, Bar, Nakamura, Rusev, Usos, Braun Strowman and a child, well, you know. <laughs> I mean, oh God, what was his name again as well? Completely forgotten already. It's so annoying. I, 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 it might happen again. I, I, I really I, enjoyed it. Made well. a return to defend his Oh, God. Oh, It'd be no. so good. Uh, 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 Nicholas, Nicholas, it was Nicholas. Of course, yep. it was. Thank God, I actually remembered something. 
Yeah, I, 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 that match, like, you can't even make a call on what that match is going to be like right now because the picture is so fucking out of focus that it might as well not have been taken. Fair enough. US Championship then, Smojo, Truth, Andrade, Ray, whatever. Yeah, that should be all right. Hopefully, Joe. I hope Joe retains, keeps it for a while. To be honest, if it's just the same as the one at Fastlane, like it doesn't really need to be on the Mania card. We've kind of already seen that. So unless you're going to do something a bit more different, I could probably personally lose this. I'm being a lot harsher here. <laughs> I'd I'd quite like to see like just straight up like the belt somehow hopped to Rey Mysterio and tried to see that as like the fucking match on Mania for that, but it's not gonna be. I like Samoa Joe. It's not to say I don't think he deserves a belt. It's just I think that's a story waiting to be told. And that makes it 18 matches because I think that'll probably go in separate match and then they'll have whatever they do with the US belt. Joe versus AJ? Uh, do we really need to hear Joe talk about uh, AJ's wife again when we could just give him something to do with that belt? Yeah, true. Probably lastly then, Intercontinental Championship. What the fucking point was putting it on Finn if just to take him after like two weeks later? Yeah, insane, isn't it? Well, unless they're planning on putting him in the actual universal title match, assuming Rollins does win, you know. I mean imagine Seth Demon Finn, like that's money feud. So let's I, let's I give him the benefit of the doubt. Probably, I reckon they've probably done this purely for the benefit of sticking them in the makeup versus Bobby Lashley. What and have the, the, the demon retain his undefeated streak and win the title as the demon? Yeah, pretty much. I can't. I couldn't deal with that. Demon Finn doesn't come out for fucking Lesnar in a Universal Championship match, but he comes out for Lashley. Like <laughs> Jesus. Good point. But it makes enough sense to be a WWE creative decision. That is that also a good point. Yeah, that actually hurt me in deeply. <laughs> uh, okay, your final two matches are the Battle Royales. Men's and women's. Eh, who the fuck cares? Yeah. yeah. Everyone else in the are card we match. Doing these? Are, are, yeah. are we still doing these? Honestly, like Mojo Raleigh won the Andre the Giant Battle uh, Battle Royal Memorial fucking what's it called <laughs> sponsored by Shreddies and KFC. Like, who, who honestly at this point gives a shit? Like, it was a vehicle for Rob Gronkowski to get over. Fuck the Patriots, fuck Gronkowski, fuck that whole spot. We have enough belts. I think we it's have like... enough belts to make this a good card. We don't need extra filler matches and let's just deal with the fucking belts. This is I, the, I, this I like is the, the belt rails. I think it's good to get people like a WrestleMania payday as it were, get them on the card somehow, like you know, that was my um, that was my point. It's the it's the let's get as many people as possible paid to match. Yeah, exactly. And I'm on board with bringing in guys like fucking Demo Killing Dane, and I'm looking fucking amazing in it. I'm not on board with how every one of these fucking finishes at this point. Like at least when you used to give a guy King of the Ring, he had a fifty fifty chance of getting built. When you give a guy the Andre the uh, the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, yeah, you got it right this time. Fucking like when it means that he's going to tank for, like, a month, and then he's just going to slide back into obscurity. Nah, it, it is a shame. Um, I think, what was the... And so we got those, I think also, um, 
I think we're kind of forgetting before WrestleMania and after Fastlane, we have what will probably uh, either smash WrestleMania out of the water or at least set us up with ridiculously high expectations that will probably be dashed among the rocks of despair is NXT TakeOver. I, I am not in any way disillusioned about this. I thoroughly always now believe that NXT is going to be better than the main event, so that will be the one I am probably most excited for. So At this... least this year they've put the Hall of Fame in the middle, so you don't have the immediate comparison. That is very true. Um, but we've got there's five matches announced so far. Um, War Raiders are going up against uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet for the NXT Tag Titles. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. Pete Dunn, yeah, Pete Dunn's going up against Walter for the United Kingdom Championship. Oh no, 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 not my boy Pete Dunn. Don't, don't break him in half. No, 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 no. I right, Pete Dunn and Walter. That that's going to be interesting, though. I imagine the big man must be game for joint manipulation. Hopefully, that I, you know, I can't see anybody. I mean, yes, if they want to put it on Walter, by all means, as yeah, that's up to them, but. Pete Dunne's held that title for nigh on 700 days now. If they can make it a full two-year run, that would be fucking amazing. What also would be absolutely great from this match is to see the... you said So Johnny Saint backstage has been an absolute godsend there because the bits that I have seen has got a level of ring psychology that most products they put out just don't. So I can really see this being a match of like sort of Pete Dunne working the big man's small joints and shit like that, trying to put him in enough pain that he's distracted, that could be absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, so just checking it here now, Pete Dunn is currently sitting at 661 days. So he's more or less like sort of three months away from like a, a, a full two. So what's 365 and 365? So that's 600, 700 and, 730 days. Yeah. So he's got about eight or so, six, 40 days to 700. So he's got 70, 69 more days to get to, to get to there. Yeah, so pretty much three months. Yep. Be interesting, Zach. It's kept. Um, other than that, you've, um, given that Champa had to relinquish the NXT belt because he needs to go for neck surgery, um, it's Gargano against Adam Cole, baby, for, in a two out of three falls match. Four oh, title. I- I, there is no chance that Johnny Wrestling gets a look in for me there. I'm all Adam Cole, baby, for this one. Yeah, pull, pull the trick. Definitely, definitely time. Yeah, it's going to be a cracking match. No matter who wins, it's going to be an amazing match. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Dream, isn't it? Uh, speaking of dreams, a nice little segue there. Thank you very much, Tom. Velveteen Dreams going up against Matt Riddle for the North American Championship. See, see, this is the problem, right? Tom was rhyming off all those mania matches, and I'm like, eh, okay, that sounds pretty good, or no, please get it to fuck. Every single one you've mentioned from NXT sounds so far sounds like a fucking amazing match. Yeah, exactly right. That Bro. that's the crazy thing, isn't it? You're looking at these two cards, and you're going, if you were only allowed to watch one, it's not even a contest. It's straight to NXT. Every single day of the week. 100%. I can finally say this word again without seeming like a ladwank or a Vince Russo admirer. Bro! 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 bro, Come on! 
Although I quite like Velveteen. I like the whole weird prince gimmick that he's got. Absolutely. I think Patrick was great and fucking tough enough, and he was the one they overlooked the hardest. I, I honestly always thought that there was going to be a place for him to move up into this, and he's been great. And he's still young as fucking, still like sort of adjusting mm-hmm. to that like sort of environment. He still looks absolutely great. He's found a gimmick that fits him perfectly. He works it to a T. Again, it's one of those ones that I don't know how it'll work out when it goes to the main roster, uh, if it ever does. But like, I realistically would be happy with either outcome in this. But I, I honestly like just Matt Riddle is an absolute joy to watch. How is it possible that he has like sort of what probably about five years at this point wrestling experience makes yep. no sense to me. Oh my god, he's so good, and I'm so happy when I hear his rip off next episode hit on the Titan Tron. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love Dream. I I think for me, he's very similar. What I'd like to see from him, rather, is very similar to his namesake, Tommy Dreamer, who was you know the ECW there forever stalwart. I think Velveteen Dream could be the NXT version of that. You know, he stays there. He makes it happen. He goes through the title picture, which, to be fair, Dream never did in ECW. Um, I, I think Velveteen Dream could just be that character who always stays with NXT to, like, you know, as the brand develops into a brand of its own rather than a, a breeding ground, I'd, I'd love to see Velveteen Dream just stay. He doesn't need to go to the main roster. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we really do. I mean, just comparing the two products at this point like fair enough if you want to move people around and and move it up and if we're going to get uh kind of what we've got with the british show if we're going to get more of those as kind of feeders then fair enough you're still going to move people up but i definitely think at this point we i personally kind of view nxt as its own separate kind of entity and brand i know it does still feed the main roster quite a lot but i think we should be looking at it where people can stay there legitimately for their career. I think you'll maybe reach that point when we stop sort of punting people up uh, because we've gotten to a point where the main roster has hit critical mass, which can't be far behind if they've any sense. I think you will eventually see NXT just become its own entity in its own right. But like, I think there's a good chance as well, though, that if they were to stop viewing it as development and start viewing it as an outright brand, it would just turn into what the other two shows are. Like, yeah. that's a genuine potential problem because the second it becomes just a brand in its own right, anybody can be sent to it. And that's that kind of a mildly terrifying prospect. See, I, I don't necessarily agree with that, only because I think even... like Bobby Lashley is my least favourite wrestler right now. I think he sucks. But... He, if he was in NXT, I know he would have a great match because they'd give him enough time to have a good match and they'd put him with somebody who could have a good match for him. So I think even if they started shuffling him around, maybe it would mean people like that work. And also maybe it would mean people like Tyler Breeze get a look in. Like, we actually see Breezy wrestling. Like, what happened to him? Where's he been? I suppose you, you have a point. Like, And if they treated it as a distinct brand that's own entity with the field that it currently has... You could send Bobby Lashley down there, put him against Matt Riddle, and watch me jizz myself to death. Like, it's, <laughs> it's there. Yeah, it's there. Picture, picture. They'll, they'll do it on Twitch. You'll be in the bottom corner. The match yeah. happening. But I mean, like, I would absolutely, like, I, I would give you, like, 
the joint out my left pinky and it'd be permanently immobile to watch that over and over on a loop for the rest of my life because that'd be two legitimately <laughs> athletic talents running rings round about one another. That would be two true masters of the craft having an opportunity. Okay. I feel like they've made an arse of Bobby Lashley, but that doesn't mean he's not talented enough to be something completely different to what they treat him as. Like, it, it, it would make sense to some extent, but you'd have to be looking at it from the angle of, well, we're going to try and preserve what made this product what it is, out with it being a developmental territory. No, it, it would be interesting if it happens. Um, the next match, or the final match that I've got here right now, um, is the Let's Carry Shayna match, in which Shayna Baszler defends in a fatal four-way against Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kyrie Sane. Get rid of Shayna out that match. Fabulous match. Oh yeah, that would Turn be fantastic. Wins. Yoshirai turns on her. You know, there you go. That's probably the best way to go with that. I really hope they take that belt off Shayna. I'm happy for the four of them to work together and Shayna just kind of sit in the corner, occasionally wander out, make the odd like sort of power move and then get fucking beat for it. That I would like. Um, you know, I've, I've never been a big fan of Shayna Baszler. Did she, I think she got pushed too soon. Um, I think the too much was made of her relationship to Ronda and the whole four horsewomen of NXT, uh, UFC. I think they, they kind of, you know, were not resting on the laurels, but I think they were kind of using that too much. And I think too much was made of it. Um, you know, Jessamine Duke and um, Shafir, you know, you don't see a lot of them. Maybe I think they're honing their craft. And I think more should have been done with Shayna to help her hone her craft. So she was truly ready if and when the time came for her to have a title, I just think she's been pushed far too soon and she's still not where I'd expect the champion to be uh, at this time. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think Bianca Belair, I think they clearly like. So so you can see she's she's getting the push right now and she's going up the ranks. I think she's just being like, when are we going to put on the main roster? If, if anything, I think she's probably night after WrestleMania appearance on the main roster. So I don't think she's going to win the belt here because I think she's just going to go past it. Um, so another with that in mind, that, it's Basil, isn't it? She's another one that's developed remarkably quick as well. Like uh, It's unreal to watch Bianca Belair and the progression that she's made so quickly in moving there. It's not like she had zero experience, but like it's made such a difference to her being around people who know what they're talking about and who could provide her the kind of training she needs to reach that next level. And it's incredible to watch I, I can understand fully why they're putting their eggs into that basket it, it's a sturdy basket but like i mean i i, I just believe that the, the right thing to do at this point basler's held that belt for too long you've overexposed her drop it on Kyrie, saying have your eye turn on her you've got a genuinely legitimate like sort of great feud coming up that has been tried and tested elsewhere and they know it works why not no, I think that'd be a good one. Um, underneath that, because I'm just looking on the Wikipedia page for Takeover, there is uh, a spoiler for NXT. Uh, if you guys don't want to watch, don't watch the weekly shows, and you want to hear what it is, I do watch the weekly shows, so please do not spoil that for me. <laughs> okay, I won't spoil it. You know, it. you have a little button that you can local mute him while he talks. Ah. And you can just drop in the chat when he's done talking about it if it's what you want to do here. You're muted. I would say don't spoil it. Okay, I will not spoil it. Um, when Tom's gone, um, if you guys want to hear it, I'll tell you what it is. 
Okay. Well, as as it involving someone getting hurt? No, no, it's involving a result it's, from a show. It's, 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 it's match results. Well, a okay. match result. Cool. Um, but we'll talk about that later. But um, I think we've kind of covered everything um, that we can cover right now um, without going too far. And I think um, our next show will be kind of a more in-depth look at WrestleMania when some more of the matches are going to be more set in stone um, as to what's going on there. So I think it's a good a good time as any to call it to call it for tonight. I think yeah. that's very fair. Are we thinking of going literally the day before WrestleMania on that Saturday? Uh, two weeks from today. So if that's two, the night before yeah. Mania, then yeah. Not sure if that is or not. No, it's not. It's not oh no, it's the week before. It's the week before. Ah, so it's the week before Mania, so that's cool. We'll do it. So pretty much everything's going to be set there, so a week before Mania should be fine. That's a good yeah, time for a preview. Yeah, that point more of a card to break down. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. Um, plus, we'll be able to talk about um, NXT as well. Uh, give that a quick preview as well in that show. I mean, we'll actually probably be able to talk about the results of it by that point for doing it on a Saturday again, because that'll be on the Friday this time. No, we're working the week before. Yeah. Uh, okay. Never mind. I, I I have apparently missed the conversation we just had, even though I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> so good, man. Um, but yeah. Um, so uh, from from uh, from myself, it's good night. For me too. Good night. <laughs> you both spoke over each other. And it's good night for me because I'm always last, bitches. Bohan yeah. is always last, apart from this one, where in which case I'd like to say a quick thank you again to Tom McGuire and the Brassholes, and we'll leave you with another excerpt from Ric Flair. So thanks everyone for listening. Good night. Jake the snake unsurprisingly had a snake. All of McGuire had paint on his face. Hacksaw Jim Duggan had a two by four, but with style like.